Yo, it's Tony B. I'm violating all type of copyrights right now. It's the Tony B. Show. It's going to be me and Leslie tonight. We're going to talk about finances. We're going to get right to it, though. All right, Leslie, I didn't want to keep the the music rolling um, too long. Uh, we're going to get some professionally produced uh, <laughs> music. Uh, just now that we've moved to iTunes, I'm tired of that other thing. Uh, that was just something, some beats that my, I, you know, I really need some real, some real beats. We're gonna get something professional, but um, it's all not, good. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, but I need to come into something smooth. I'm gonna try the other thing. Uh, you know, this other stuff I can't bump it because, you know, we'd have to pay some type of license or something uh, if we wanted to be professional. Um, but what we were going to discuss tonight, I guess, is, is about finances, black wealth, uh, you know, um, we're going to have a shorter show tonight, but we're going to talk about black wealth, finances, see if we can attack it by um, some different angles. Um, but Leslie, you're real big into um, real estate, so uh, can you tell us a little bit about why people should get into real estate? And in what capacity? Well, it depends on where you are as far as where you are financially, where you're trying to go, um, you know, what your, I guess, what your plan is. Oh, one second. Okay. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Okay, I just changed my hands. But anyway, um, so, I mean... Like they say, 90% of millionaires are made off of, of real property. So, I mean, you know, 90% can't that? be wrong. <laughs> wow. I think that was, um, shoot, don't give me the line. It was either, what was his name? Oh, I, I should know the author of the quote. But it is a quote, and I can't remember off the top of my head who said it. Um, but it was one of the, wealthier real estate uh moguls basically yeah i don't know if that's actually um uh accurate as far as if real if uh well i mean i think real estate is a um i mean a lot of people want to get into real estate um because it's like sort of like a poor man's stock market a lot of people at least who i speak with they think that when it comes to investing and stocks and stuff like that, that uh, the market is very risky. But investing in housing is something they believe they can understand and that uh, you can build wealth off of quicker. Uh, I mean, I know that's not true because uh, the market typically long-term outperforms um, uh, the housing market. But, uh, but there, you know, there's a lot of people, especially a lot of black people who who try to get into uh, making money in real estate. But um, but it, it's very difficult to do. Um, I mean, would you agree with that or you think you think? No, different? no. Actually, um, it takes <laughs> it takes some research, some knowledge and some cojones. That's pretty much it. Um, if you, even if you're not. Uh, high risk taker there are ways that you can um, invest in real property uh, at a lower risk 
and it's all about how much time you're willing to dedicate to the to the process and um, how much time you're willing to dedicate just to get educated on it and what, what things you can do and how you can structure different deals and even coming up with new ways to structure deals. That's where the money is. And it doesn't matter if you're talking about a $100,000 property or a $100 million property. Money can be made. But just like the stock market, you can also lose money. So, I mean, it's just understanding and recognizing from all the different perspectives, all the different things that can happen, and hedging your bets, just as you would any investment. Yeah, but it's actually more difficult. A lot of people don't understand this. It's actually a lot more difficult to make money in the real estate. I've actually posted this on uh, Facebook um, before, and a lot of it has to do with the bid ask spread. Like when you buy a home, like when you go buy a home, you know, immediately the, the first risk you face is liquidity risk because now you have this home that you bought, uh, but say you need to get rid of this home. You know, houses are not very liquid. So if you bought this home, say you bought this home for 500000 and say that you, okay, you need to get rid of this home. Okay, a lot of your, the way that you're, for you to sell this home is really dependent upon uh, the market. It's, it's dependent upon uh, the buyers. And you could say that your home is worth $500,000. Uh, but if you have, say, 10, 10 buyers, and the highest buyer is at three hundred thousand uh, dollars. Basically, the market is telling you that your house is at three hundred thousand. So right now, what you what you're facing is you can keep this home. Uh, you know, you can be like, okay, I'm not going to sell it for five hundred thousand, and you can keep this home, and you you know you can't get rid of it, and you know, and like I said, it can become a liquidity risk, or you could try to come down to the highest bid, which is just three hundred thousand. Now, the difference in the stock market is, is that you can have the same notional value in, in the stock market. You can have the same $500,000 notional value that you have in the house, except you have a penny-wide spread, which means that if you needed to get rid of this house for $500,000, you know, and say, the, and say the market didn't go up or down, so you didn't make any money, you didn't lose any money, we're saying that the, the market is exactly the same, okay, your your highest bidder is going to be 400, 999, and 999. So it's going to be a penny widespread. So you stand to lose a penny besides losing 200,000. And the reason for that is because the markets are a lot more liquid in the stock market. Well, that so once again about, goes to becoming so, so, becoming so, educated on real estate why, well, and why you buy saying, real estate what and what type though, of real estate you're but, purchasing. But this, you know, this, it has, this has nothing to do with the, this is, I mean, the, the uh, real estate market is not a liquid market. You don't have a penny wide spread in the real estate market. That just, it doesn't exist. It doesn't well, I don't exist. know about a penny wide spread, but I know that there are quick turnovers for turnkey type properties. 
and right, but it's for not the same. rental properties, but you cannot well, that give you passive cash flow. Hold on, but let me, but let me like, hold on, let me finish though. Let me finish my okay. point. What I'm saying okay. though is that you could get rid of this. You can't get rid of a five hundred thousand dollar home in one second. You can do that in the stock market. You can have the same thing, this investment that you made, and you can get rid of it within a second. And it's going to be a penny wide spread regardless. Whether this goes up or down, you're going to be able to get rid of this in a second. So you don't have a liquidity risk. The next thing you have is with a house, which a lot of people don't have a house, is because they don't have the credit, they don't have the money. In the stock market, you're automatically given leverage. Now, a loan, when you go get a mortgage, that's leverage. That's It's leverage. Basically, you're using money that you don't have to get something that you want. And that's what a mortgage is. But And you have to apply for that. You have to have credit for this, blah, blah, blah. In the stock market, you automatically get this credit. So you don't have to worry about applying for a loan. If you come into the stock market, you immediately, as long as you have at least $2,000 in your account, beginning from there, your money is doubled. So if you have $50,000 in cash, you really have $100,000 in cash. And then as you go up to $25,000, then your money it goes up about four times. You know what I'm saying? They can even go up for more. And you have this leverage that you don't have in the housing market. And you don't have to go out and get nobody to do a deal with. And... The way that the markets are set up is that they have it set up to where it's a 99% chance that you know, they're not worried about you defaulting on the money because they're using mathematics and probability as far as establishing this leverage for you, which is things that they don't do in the housing market where they're relying more on credit, whereas in the financial markets, they're relying on a two-standard deviation move to determine, you know, the leverage. So they're basically giving everybody this leverage. So that's just two of the advantages that the stock market has over the the housing markets. Honestly, I think we're talking once again apples and oranges and being educated. No, we're not talking apples on and the oranges. available. No, no, being educated on the available um, opportunities when it comes to property investment. You're thinking of the classical model of property investment. No, I'm not thinking about uh, the classical. No, when it I'm, comes no. to no, when I'm it comes to hard money lenders, when you purchase a property, they're not looking at your credit. They're looking at the viability of that property being able to turn over the profit so that they, they can get their money back. Plus, of course, interest and points. But it's based on the deal. It's not based on you. Let me ask so, you this. Do they automatically, can you get rid of a home? Can you get rid of a $500,000 home in one second? Can you do it? With with a penny wide spread, knowing that you're only going to lose a penny and that we're saying the market didn't go up and didn't go down. This is our, this is the example. Can you get rid of that home? If you go buy it today, you got the home, everything's been closed on. How quick can you get rid of that home? You can get rid of it actually in half an hour on an option contract. To who? Just by buying the option to an, to an investor who has the cash or has the wherewithal to, to purchase the property. But nobody does That's that. What, Liquidity that, risk is a real thing in the 
housing market. I know you're not disagreeing mm -hmm. that get that having a home is not easy to get rid of. You're talking once again a home. When people purchase property, they talk they purchase all types of property. You're thinking of the classical presumption of I'm buying a home. Well, this is what most people this is what most most people we're talking about. But finance. not the investors and the well, types of people that I deal with in my well, niche. Well, see, and we're talking about investing in property, aren't we? We're not well, talking about homemaking. No, 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 no. We're talking, about, no, we're we're talking about, about investing in property, no, correct? We're talking about all we're talking about all the different forms of investing in property. And even investors, even investors in property cannot get rid of a home. Most of them are not going to get rid of a home like I can't like they can with the stock market. Now like I said, maybe some people, maybe there are some magic people who can work deals, they can get this stuff done quick, but the it's not but, magic. But, 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 the, but the main point that I was making is about the bid ask spread. There are no penny wide bid ask spreads in the market. Now, like I said, if some investor is purchasing a property where they haven't negotiated in like 30 seconds, they're, I mean, or they're going to do this like half an hour, I would think this person is probably an idiot anyway. There's going to be negotiation within that. But the point that I'm making, the only point that I'm making is that the bid ask spread is a big advantage between the stock market and the housing market no matter if you are an investor you're doing i mean i know person people who do this uh they do the probate type stuff i mean a lot of people are the investors in property like what you're talking about but they don't have the bid ask spread that the stock market has and that's the only thing that i'm pointing out once again i'm not personally familiar with the bid ask spread that you are sort of like honing in and focusing on bit, well, what I are, focus on if I can continue office. if I can continue what I'm focusing on is property as an investment vehicle to grow your wealth whether or not you have a strong FICO score or not and doing so repetitively and in a systematic way so you can actually grow your wealth and the fact that it is something practical and doable, no matter how much money you do or don't have. It really has to do with time, having a support system of people, people in place, just like with the stock market. You need to have that background knowledge in a team, at least no, when it comes to real estate, having a team of people who are knowledgeable that you're networked with. It, 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 it allows you well, um, to make transactions so much more quickly. Like well, me, my well, knowing 15 good. investors who want turnkey properties and going out and finding investors who, who actually um, rehab the properties to make them turnkey, I'm just networking and just letting them know, look, this is a person... Uh, what do you call it? Their um, their their range, their price range of what they're looking for. And I know you're going to be rehabbing properties. So if you find a property with these facts, um, this individual is looking to bid on the property within this range. So before anything's even done or bought or or sold or whatever, it, it, we've already talked about what everybody's looking, each other are looking for. 
and it's really about the network and you're selling back and forth to other investors. Well, well, this and is when it I'm... comes to the option contract that, that I mentioned earlier or touched upon is about finding a property um, that's a good deal and purchasing an option for maybe a couple of hundred dollars from the owner. So you have the right to actually sell the right to contract no, for that property I for 30 no, days from however. I understand and, that. But what I'm t- what I'm saying to you because you said you didn't you don't know what I'm talking about the bid ask spread the bid ask spread is the, just the bid and the offer meaning basically what somebody's offering to sell this property for or what somebody's offering to buy this property for that's all that's what I'm trying to say so you do and you're speaking yes. specifically of options then no I'm not no, no, I'm, not I'm, not about, I'm not talking about talking about stocks regularly no 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 what the market will there I'm not talking about options I'm talking about the bid ask spread is just the difference between what somebody is willing to sell the property for and the, what somebody's willing to buy the property you know, like I said, if you if you own a piece of property and you want to sell it for five hundred thousand, that's what you want to sell it for. But somebody's only offering to buy that for four hundred thousand. You know, then you have a hundred thousand spread. It's the difference between that. So bid ask spread is not just with stocks. That's just with anything, anything that you buy with that. And that's how I'm saying that it relates with the real estate. And the same applies to a fifty dollars stock that you 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 purchase that plummets. To no, 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 that's, and that's the not, difference no, in the no, 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 that's not give misinformation here. No, we're not talking about, first of all, we're not talking about the price moving up and down. We're talking about the bid ask spread. The bid ask spread for stocks, if you go in the SP and you try to buy something, if you go look at the futures market, uh, which you know represents the stock market. You look at the bid ask spread. Well, that, that's not oh, no, all no, of the me. stock no, market. To me. To me. The no, futures no. market is only a portion of the market. No, 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 no. And this no, is no, what no, I'm no. talking about: apples and oranges, no, and being listen, educated listen. on different. Listen, Leslie, Leslie, Leslie. You just said you just said you don't do the stock thing. Let me tell you, no, the, that's not what the futures market. The futures market, and when I'm talking about the S and P. The futures market and the and the S and P and the stock market; these are the exact same things. These are the exact same things. They're just carried out in different ways. They're the exact same thing. What I'm saying to you is that there's a penny wide spread when you look at these different meaning that the offer to buy and the offer to sell. There's only a penny difference. So we was talking about you know um, one dollar ninety nine and two dollars. That would be the, that, there's a penny between $1.99 and $2. So that's what I mean. And when you have a whole bunch of, when you have a whole bunch of, and explain to the audience what I'm talking about, is that the, 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 the better thing about the stock market, why it's more liquid, is because there are more participants. The, one of the reasons, and we can just take it to cable companies, one of the reasons that cable companies can charge the prices that they charge is because there are only a few players. There are only like here what there's only like two player, two or three players, maybe four players. So these companies can charge whatever they want to because the market isn't liquid. They have control of the market. Now we had a hundred cable companies. The prices would drop because the competition is going to force. And when we talk about Bitcoin, we're going to, we're going to get a little bit into this bid ass spread too. But 
the the market comes together and the prices drop. So what, that's the only thing I'm saying about the the really whether you're an investor, whether you're buying retail, is that the market isn't as liquid as the stock market, which means that you're going to get better pricing in the stock market than you are any way you can in real estate. Just the basic pricing. I'm not saying you're going to make more money in the stock. I'm just saying with the basic pricing, because there are more participants, you're going to have a better market because there are lesser participants than there are people out here buying stock. That's what I'm talking about. I, I, I still don't follow. Maybe you can break it down further for me exactly what you mean when you say that um, because or that there are lesser participa participants in the housing market versus the stock market and the fact that there can be a penny difference in a stock price but not in the price of a home. Well, because, well, see, here's the thing. If the housing market, now like I said, you can't invest in, you can't invest in housing in the stock market, but the market isn't liquid or, you know, what's called REITs and stuff like that. But what I'm saying is that when there are more participants, when there are more participants in the market, what happens is, is that there, the, the prices get, one of the reasons that the Bitcoin thing, one of the reasons that that thing moves up and down so much is because it's not a liquid market yet. And what that means is that a lot of times there are a lot more buyers than there are sellers. If there are more buyers in a market than there are sellers, of course the market is going to go up. If there are more sellers in the market than there are buyers, of course the market is going to go down. But when you start getting these bigger numbers, you have a big number of buyers, you have a big number of sellers, that market isn't going to move as much. Like if you got like a hundred buyers and you only got like one seller, that market is going to fly up. You know what I'm saying? But if you have like a hundred buyers and say you have 75 sellers, then the market is going to get closer you know, the market is going to get closer between the buyer and the seller. And with the housing market, you may have these, the housing market, if you're an investor, let's say you, you're doing one of these fancy deals that that um, that Leslie does. You know what I'm saying? She may go out here, she may be able to find 10 investors who are interested in this thing. The thing when you're looking at the S&P, you're looking at Apple, they have like 20 million people who are bidding and selling in a day, you know what I'm saying? So you, when you got this number, that means that the prices are going to be closer and you're going to get better pricing because you have more choices. When, you, when people have monopolies, they can charge higher prices, but when more competitors come. So when you look at the housing market, you know what I'm saying? You know, there aren't as many buyers and sellers. So you may want to sell this house for 500,000, you know what I'm saying? But maybe the other person only wants to pay you 475. Now maybe that's acceptable to you. But you know, you're 25,000 away. That's the that's the bid ask spread. You know, you're selling it, you want to sell it for 500,000, somebody's offering you 475,000. You know what I'm saying? You know, which I think in real estate would be a pretty good, you know, you're pretty close. But the thing about in the stock market, you can have the same $500,000, but you're 
but then your but the other person is only gonna be a penny away from your bid. That's all I'm, that's all I'm saying. You can do it for a cheaper price and get better pricing when you're doing it for stock than you can with housing. So I'm just saying that the stock you're gonna get better so is this, pricing. So so was your point basically at least for today's platform discussion, what's the best way to invest funds? No, 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 I'm not saying it. No, I wasn't saying which way is the is the best. Now, of course, I believe that the that the stock market, I mean, what the stock market is, I mean, you look, if you've invested in the house the last 10 years and if you've invested in the stock market, it's not even close. And even if you look at the whole history of time, the stock market has outperformed the real estate market. But I'm not saying that one, I'm not trying to get somebody to move to the stocks or not do real estate. I'm just saying that there are some competitive advantages in the stock market because of pricing. Not if you can pick if the stock goes up or if you think a housing is gonna go up or any of that, I'm not even getting it all that. I'm just talking about pure pricing you can control, you can have a million dollar house or you can have a million thousand, you can have a million dollars in stock and your pricing options are going to be better in the stock market. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand that, well, but, you know. Well, my concern so far right. with the dialogue that we've had is that um, really there are different ways to build wealth and diversification to right. me is really key. So saying one a particular method of investing is a more liquid or more reliable or a better way, overall, a better way to invest. I did not say that. That's what it seems to no, convey. Well, well, listen, you seem to be that. really stuck well, on the whole well, no, well, well, no, let's, not, let's, not take, let's not take what we're saying personally, you just asked me that question. I was like, no, I'm not telling you that one is better than, I'm saying that you get better pricing, you get better pricing with the stock. That's no debate that going- Well, no, I think it depends on what your intent is though, with that investment. People invest in different things for different reasons. And it really depends on your intent and goal and for, for the outcome. I now, mean, if I'm investing in stocks and what I want is passive cash flow, the dividends, the returns from that stock to pay me monthly, let's say that, okay? Just like somebody who purchases or invests in rental property so they can get that passive income flow. Um, the thing is, um, even though I'm getting, you know, those dividends from the stock, um, I can still get my dividends, quote unquote, from my rental property and do more things with my rental property than I could possibly do with this particular stock investment. Just because I can do things like um, build additional rooms, um, split up a house to make it a duplex instead of a single family. There are a lot of different things that you can do based on what you have, um, what you have to invest, and um, your interest in really learning about all the different vehicles to build wealth. Right. And I, but let me ask available. you this, though. Let me ask you this, though, Leslie. Mm-hmm. If you, let's say that you wanted to buy, let's say that someone, let's, let's stick with this $500,000. Let's say that um, 
I wanted to. I, I got a house that you're interested in. I want to sell it for five hundred thousand. Let's say that uh, you want to buy it for uh, four hundred and fifty thousand. Okay. Now, what happens? Okay. Now, I, I'm saying that I want to sell it at five hundred. You want to buy it for four hundred and fifty. We got a fifty thousand dollar difference or whatever. Okay. And you tell me, Tony, I will buy this house. For four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Now, do you get paid for saying that you want to buy my house for four hundred and fifty thousand? What do you mean? Do I get paid? Do you get paid for saying that you want to buy my for for saying that you will buy my house for bidding for saying that you will buy you know you got a bid at four hundred and fifty thousand? Do you get for making paid, an offer? Do you get paid for that? Yes. Okay. Okay. Does the realtor or does the owner get paid for that? The is owner. That's not, no, that's a, well, that's not, I'm we're sorry. Not, we're not talking about the real. I'm just, that's just. I'm sorry. As a realtor, that's why I was, I was confused. Right. No, I'm just saying. You, I'm just when asking, you said, do, do I get paid? I'm saying, do you get paid? Like, the you, owner of the home. Yes. Do you get paid for that? Okay. Um, if the owner owns the home outright. I own they the home. Whatever. I own if the they home. Own it, no, I'm saying they own it. it, it it's, there's no loan. There's no mortgage. There's, there's, no, there's loan. no lien. There's no nothing on that. They own the house outright, and somebody offers four hundred and fifty thousand because that's what the market can bear. Does they the can person choose? They can choose to either take that offer no, or no, pass see, on lesson, that lesson, offer. Lesson, 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 lesson. This is. I'm the one. I'm the one that's offering the home for five hundred thousand. You're in a position. Of the buyer, you're the buyer. Uh -huh. You are, okay. You, you're willing to pay four hundred and fifty. You're willing to bid four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Do you get paid for that four hundred and fifty thousand dollars that you bid? And I'm up at five hundred thousand. What do you mean? Do I get paid? Do you get paid? Well, I'll answer it for I'm you. I'm offering on a five hundred thousand dollar house. I'm paying the seller. So I don't understand what she means. Okay, well, do well, I let, get me, paid? let me explain where I'm going. Well, you don't get paid if somebody's at five hundred thousand and you're at four hundred fifty thousand. You don't get paid for your bid. Now, this is what you can do, ladies and gentlemen, in the uh, stock market with options. Say that a stock, say that uh, Apple is at five hundred five hundred dollars, but you don't want to buy the stock at five hundred dollars. You said that I'll buy Apple. If it's and I'm just making up these prices, I'll buy Apple if it drops to four hundred fifty thousand. You know what happens when you offer to buy that house at four hundred fifty thousand? You get paid for that. You get paid for your bid and options. That's what even you if get. it doesn't oh, drop. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. You get paid just for saying that you will buy the house. Now, what happens if that house never comes down to? $450. You keep the money. You don't have to give it back. What happens if this house comes down to $450? What happens is you get the house for that $450 and you still get to keep the money that you got paid for. Now, let's say that this house drops below. Say say this house drops below the $450. Say it drops down to $430. You know what happens? Now, you own the home because you offered to buy it at 450 This thing is dropped in price, but you've lost less money because you still got that money that you got paid for your bid. So you get paid for bids. Now, like I said, a lot of people, they don't know about options. 
and how advanced, you know, most people, they just think about stocks. I'm mainly an options and futures trader, but you get paid for your bid. And what I was trying to get from Leslie, you don't get shit for bidding 450000 and the guys at, at 500000 but you'll buy it at four fifty. But if you buy I think a, I'm missing some of the intricacies of that. Okay. Okay. What I'm saying to you is that you get paid with options. You can get paid. How does the process work? Like if you were teaching a class on options, what would happen? How does the process work okay. when it comes to you making a bid and an offer, ratification, and all that other kind of stuff? Let's see. When I when I deal with um, sales, when it comes to property, there's a process. There's a timeline. Things don't just happen. You know, and, and normally when, I, when I'm talking to someone about investing, I talk about the process. Right, right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You got to go through a bunch of shit. That's what I'm talking about. That's I mean, you're proving my point. You don't have to do all of that in the stock market. You can do this stuff in a second. Those so are you can just start doing it without any education on the stock market whatsoever, without reading about options or understanding what the heck you're doing. Somebody just tells you to put your money here and you put your money there. Like uh, when you're at the roulette. Of course, there's education just like every there's education just like anything else. Whether you're paying somebody to do this for you, if somebody had a financial advisor, or whether you were learning to do this yourself. The bottom line is that one of the other advantages when you're buying, you don't get paid for bidding stuff for for placing your bids for a house. Many people have, and people are familiar with this. You've went out, you've seen a house, you've been like, okay, I will buy this house at this price. And what happens if the house never comes down to that price? You don't get the house and you don't get paid for it. But in the stock market, you do get paid for it. With options, what would happen is there would be, uh, you would go through the options market, you would see where this call option would be. And, you're buying, and what you're doing, you're buying the right to purchase this uh, to purchase this stock, but you're saying I'm only going to uh, buy this at a certain price. But the thing about in the options market, what happens is you get paid for placing your bid. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So when I'm talking with people, and like I said, most people they don't know anything about the stock market, the options market, and when I try to tell them, you know, listen, you don't understand really how this works. They get shocked, like, oh, I can do this? I can I can place my bid and get paid. And a lot of people place their bids. And the thing with options is, is that you can place your bid, and then you would know the probability of that home coming down to that price. You would know. What, so how much do you get paid? I mean, it depends on how much you have. in. let's say you got paid for two, you got paid $2 per stock or something. You, you, you're, you're starting at the end. From the beginning, you're putting in some, you said you buy an option. How much are you buying for the option? Listen, you want, me to, you want me to explain this to you, but you tell me starting from the end. I'm not. I'm starting from the beginning. I've already said that you have this stock at 500. Say that you want and you want to purchase this and you say, I'll purchase the stock if it drops down to, uh, I'll, I'll purchase this stock if it, if it drops down to a certain price. So what you can do is get an option at this 450 price. Now what happens is when you get this option, you're gonna know how much you're gonna get paid for that option right off the bat. Now you may purchase- How much does the option cost? Options. It depends on the particular price. It could be $2. Let's say that you have like, you know, it could be $2 for this option. So that could mean that you only have like one contract. Let's say you make $100 off that. 
but say if you have 10, you have 100 contracts, then you may get purchased, you may, you know, you may get paid 10,000 for just placing that bid. So when it comes to the money making in the options chain, like I said, one day we can actually look at an options chain and I can show people, because I have shown people what you can do uh, with options that you can even do a lot better than stocks. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, most professionals don't just purchase. Most amateurs are the people who just go buy stock. And the reason they buy stock, you know, there's a broker who's charging them a commission or they may be purchasing mutual funds, which a sophisticated investigator isn't going to do. But I really didn't want to get into the complexities of all the stock and the options with that. But there are a lot of different advantages with the options market you can get paid even though you don't own the property. So if you're looking at housing, if you took it to real estate, you know what I'm saying? If you want to make money off this, off this property, you got to have some type of interest in this property. If you're just a person, if you're just a regular average day Joe, you know what I'm saying? You're not doing all the fancy deals and all of this stuff. You're just a regular average day Joe. Like I said, it's definitely going to be a lot easier for you to make money in the stock market, at least from my point of view. But I'm not saying which one is better. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying which one is better, but I'm saying that you can. You make People make their own decisions on that. But you can get paid for placing bids. You also can get paid for, for selling. Say if you want to sell the house and you're like, okay, I'm willing to sell this house at this price. You also can get paid for just selling. Now, Leslie, if you own a home at 500000 and you want to sell it, but there's nobody up at that price, you just, you know, you don't make any money. But in the stock well, market... Well, we have... Go ahead. The, the thing is, it's not quite so cut and dry when it comes to selling and buying property. There are always negotiations on terms. Right. Where there's things that that may need to be repaired. There may be $25,000 in repairs. Or maybe there are $25,000 in upgrades in this home that makes it worth $500,000 instead of $475,000. So, I mean, they're different. It's never a cut and dry. Somebody gives you an offer and there's never, and there's not a counter offer or something. There's always discussion because in the end, the, the end result is somebody wants to buy this particular house, not just a house, but this particular one. And someone wants to sell this particular house. So that's, that's just a negotiation. So I think I just want to clarify, it's not quite as cut and dry black and white as you're sort of making it. If somebody wants to sell for 500 and they want to buy for 450, I know you're trying to make the analogy, but I just want to make it clear that it's never um, uh, uh, an experience where there's not any negotiation unless there are multiple bidders, in which case it will actually can actually go over the, the asking price. But that's saying that's all I wanted. I mean, to I comment. understand that, but you understand the complexity that you have. I mean, you just explain the complexity which goes to the liquidity of this, that you got to go through some shit with the housing. You don't have all that stuff you said about upgrades, negotiation. You don't have to do any of that in the stock market. You don't have to do any of that. There's no negotiation with the stuff that I was talking about. And like I said, I'm not getting into whether the price goes up or goes down. I'm just talking about purely pricing, getting paid for making offers and bids 
you know, getting paid just for doing that, even if you haven't sold. But like I said, there's more complexity and stuff that you have to go through, which you just explained. But even with yours, you still have to learn how. What you've just told me hasn't actually equipped me with enough information to actually go out and buy an option. Well, you have to I need see. to actually, right. I still have to read and become educated on it. Right. So it doesn't you're making assertions that, okay, I'm taking them at face value, but I really don't know how easy it'll be for me to understand the intricacies of the options market. Well, Maybe that, real estate is easier for me to process right. than options are. I'm pretty sure that, but, but that's part of what we were talking about tonight. And like I said, when you have these debates, because like I said, I've been on both sides of this. We're talking about the uh, the real estate. I mean, there's a lot of different things that people do with uh, real estate. A lot of things. You got, you know, you got people like I said, you like you said, that could uh, partner up with other people. Um, you know what I'm saying? You know, there's a lot of different things that you could do. But the fact of the matter is that most people, because of inexperience, don't make money in either market. Uh, they don't make money in the stock market and they don't make money in the real estate. In fact, there was a guy, even most, you know, a lot of these people, who, like I said, they get into the real estate market and it, they think that they can come in here and it's uh, it's easy money. But the numbers and it's not like that in the stock market either. You know what I'm saying? I mean, most people who invest in both of these markets don't make money. You know what I'm saying? So what would you what would you advise someone who's stepping out on 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 faith of their intelligence to be become educated about stocks and options and futures and, and the markets? How, how would they go about becoming educated about it? Well, you have any particular books, literature, organizations? Websites that they should maybe um, uh, venture a, a look see. Not, not a. Let me tell you this. What the, here's the thing about picking stocks. If someone tells you that they can pick the direction of the stock, and I don't care if they're Goldman Sachs, they're lying to you. You know, and this has been shown. Many people know about the flipping the coin thing that you can uh, flip a coin and you'll do just as well as these big mutual fund guys because they don't get paid off performance. These people, that Wall Street, Goldman Sachs, all these people, they make money off fees. They don't, man, that's one of the big things that people don't understand, at least when it comes to the stock market. And they think that these people at Goldman Sachs, that they know something or whatever, as far as what a stock is going to do. Nobody knows. They don't know. Their money is, they like to get people to buy and hold or buy to their mutual fund where people, they lose basically all their money that's ate up by fees. Wall Street mm -hmm. makes money off fees, not performance. So you can go read books. You can go read all of this stuff. And like I said, you may get lucky for a few years, but you're not really going to beat the market. So there's no way really to go read a book and you're going to be a stock. There's no such thing as a stock. Now, you have some people. Who no, are that, that, was, that wasn't exactly what I meant. I mean, well, no, no. I was asking, how do you actually practically fundamentally, who do I call? So I can place an option. Who do I call? How do I There's how do I change the money? You do it. Well, what, how, does, how does all this work? Well, what like computer said, well, programs well, am I supposed to be using? 
the both the, the nuts and the bolts. That's what I was asking for. Well, for well, people, no, what people you, who want more information well, about how to go about well, educating themselves on how to do this. Well, see, here, here's here's the thing when it comes to when I try to talk to people about options and stuff. People don't listen. They think that it's like uh, they argue with you. They think that it's like going to read books and stuff like that. And I tell them, no, it's not. And they still don't listen because they think it's like going to school. First of all, you would open a brokerage account. It's not calling a stock broker anymore. Everybody does. You place your own stocks. You, you can open a brokerage account at TD Ameritrade, Tasty Works. There's a lot of different brokerages that you can open. You can open up an account. You can go right online to any of these things and open an account. And you basically are the ones who place the trade. Now, they'll have training on their little platform, on the particulars, on how to buy. You know, they're not going to teach you how, you know, what you're looking for is like for a stock. They're going to have data. All of these platforms have a lot of different information on them that, that's really basically useless. Um, basically, all you need to know as far as if you're looking at the stock, how to work the, you know, basically how to place the trade. And like I said, they will show you, there'll be training on how to do it. But it's not like back in the day when you would call it. Now, you can still call a broker, but a broker is going to charge you like $50 where you could basically trade this stock for uh, $9 doing it yourself. So most people, when they trade stocks and options or whatever, they do it themselves. They go through discount brokers. There's very full, full service brokerages. Where so, you I, so I guess it's a little, it's, it's, it's a lot different than when it comes to property. Cause I always advise people one to do a lot of different um, workshops and seminars just so mm -hmm. they can get familiar with the language. Mm -hmm. And then also maybe seek out some realtors in your area um, because they'll be more than willing to share information. You don't have to like sign an agreement just to get information about your area or to learn about right. um, what the trends are in your area. And I also strongly encourage people to go to their local websites for um, oftentimes, like for Maryland and different areas of Maryland and in D.C., there are different incentive programs. There are different investor groups, if that's a niche you're interested in. If you if you want to get into the commercial market, there's a lot of information online, and a lot of these brokerages, um, realty brokerages, um, have um, classes and seminars that you, you can attend for free. So you can find out about it, whether you're reading a book or what I would suggest, networking by actually reaching out to realtors, people in the real estate community to learn more about what's available, um, the different tools that you can use, and they they won't be they won't be as foreign to you once you get regularly associated with these particular circles of real estate investment clubs and meetup groups and realtors and and and, and all that there. So it, it it's a lot less foreign when you familiar familiarize yourself with it. So there is some reading involved when it comes to real estate, um, whether you're, you're investing for passive in, um, cash flow or just investing on the margins, trying to flip a house or something like that. Um, so I strongly encourage people to enter the real estate market. Um, doesn't matter what your credit is. Doesn't matter what your income is. There's always a way um, for you to leverage your knowledge 
Well, how is that, Leslie? That's what I want to ask you about, the no money, the no income, because that sounds like what got people in trouble back in 2008 when the whole market crashed, because you had people who had no income, they had bad credit, but they still were getting homes, they still were investing, buying two or three homes. How is it possible for Predatory lenders. Predatory lenders. Right. That, that, that's basically right, what right. it was. But, but who would and do what a I'm deal, talking about when you're who, having, excuse me? Who would do a deal with someone who has bad credit and no, and no money? Hard money lenders, if you have an investment project that's, uh, that's going what to pay them on the lender? numbers. What is a hard, hard money, money lender? lender is somebody who puts the cash up front for you. It's not a mortgage lender. It's not a bank. It's a person who has cash. And, and is willing to put the money this? up for the deal and why because of the return, the, the return that they get on it. Okay. And they do is, the numbers. Okay. And, and in the short term, they make money on the margin, but you take all the risk. And if you fail, they just take the property. Right. Now, what, now what is the risk to them? The risk for them is them having to rehab or flip the property because you weren't able to do so successfully and they miss out on the, um, the points and the um, interest that they would have gained for, for the loan they extended you. Because if you're you using find- a hard money lender and you have bad credit, uh-huh. I mean, you'll probably be paying them $2,000 a month and possibly points. Um, for their hard money loan, which means you need to already have a buyer set up or buyers, ideally, um, you know, at least get three or four buyers who can, who can bid on your final product, already have your contractors together, your inspectors together. So things move slowly in a systematic rhythm. So when the property is rehabbed and ready to go back on the market, you already have your buyers set up. And if they're interested, what price they're interested in purchasing it at. How and, you, and it's how do you find one of these hard money lenders? Oh, they're out there. You can do Craigslist and find them. But generally, if you go to like real estate investment clubs, you'll find them. If you go to any type of um, real estate investment meetup groups, um, and there are several in in the uh, D.C. Maryland area, um, you'll find them there. Um, there's a, uh, a coffee house meetup every Friday morning at, um, what's it called? Dave's market in Rockville. And you find hard money lenders there too. They're all, they're, they're everywhere. They really are. It's really about getting yourself out there and networking and talking to these people about what they want, what they're looking for, what they're willing to do. And you're mashing your passion or your interest in making money stay off the margin of flipping a property with somebody's other somebody else's interest in owning a turnkey rental property. Well, you know, so you really so how can it. people get in contact with? I mean, it seems like that you are the the the, the resource, and people need to be coming through you. I mean, because you know your shit. This hard money lending. So I mean, how can people really? I mean, how can they uh, they deal with Leslie? I mean, you kicking all this knowledge. I mean, people need to know they need to come through you. Well, they can come to LeslieDixon.kw.com. They can also come to 
my Facebook page, Leslie Dixon Keller Williams. They can come to my LinkedIn page and they can call me. Um, either how, however they want to come into contact, 202-285-3172. Um, I'd be Say happy to Repeat share what information that I know. 202-285-3172. I'd be happy to share whatever knowledge that I have that may be useful for you. Um, and if I don't sure. know, I'll put you in the direction of people who do know. So, um, like I said, the network is really important um, because not everybody knows everything, but you can know a lot of everyone. Well, explain more about what you do and what you're looking for as far as like your your clients and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, because like I said, I, mean, I sort of know what you do, but like I said, you drop some shit on me, hard money, lenders, all this stuff. I don't know anything about that shit. But like I said, you know a lot of stuff, so... I mean, what do you do for your uh, your clients? What type of clients are you looking for? I mean, do you have a particular type or what? Well, my particular niche is actually investors. So okay. I actually do frequent the different meetup groups and the real estate investment, various real estate investment clubs, as well as network with other agents from other firms because their clientele, their buyers may be looking for something that my sellers are selling. So it's all about cross-communication and letting people know what you have avail available and keeping contact so you know what they have available so you can make that connection. True. And one thing I would second, that the one thing with um, with real estate that's, uh, that's an advantage is that you do have the physical. You got the physical. It's a difference between intangible and physical it's the difference between going out and being able to say look that's my that's my fucking building and going saying okay i got i got 10,000 shares of stock of apple <laughs> i mean one one does have like i think you talked about the utility of what you can do and you can actually like you know i mean there's a lot more utility that i do believe with the um with the real estate uh Property, and I would think that most people. I mean, I'm not sure about the number of people who um, make more money overall, but I do think that uh, um, I think people. There's a lot more knowledge. There's a lot more skill that I believe that's involved with real estate than it is with stock. Like going to somebody like Leslie is some, you know, and, and working with Leslie, you're gonna get some. You're gonna get value out of it. If you're going to like a stock. You know, some financial advisors, trust me, they sell, they don't know shit. You know what I'm saying? So one of, one of the differences I want to highlight is that even though when you definitely get into the options, that is, options is more skilled and probability based. So you definitely need more training. But when it comes to stock, when you're talking about professionals, a real estate professional is a lot more knowledgeable than somebody's claiming that they know what the stock market is going to fucking do. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's too, and that's why I was saying with you, Leslie, when it comes to, and there are definitely, um, there's actually, there's actually the options, um, I think it's called the Options Industry Council, but, you know, there are definitely, if you Google options, there's plenty of books and website information that you can get just to get the reference. But a lot of times I don't tell people to go on to the, 
the websites because there's people trying to hustle you, telling you you're going to make fast money and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, there definitely are. That's why I said I didn't want to tell people that they're, that stocks is better. The financial markets is better than the real estate market. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there are some advantages, like there are going to be advantages in the real estate market, which Leslie has pointed out. And also, if I, I can note, it was Andrew Carnegie that, quote, that stated 90% of all millionaires become so through owning real estate. And I just want to point out McDonald's is a great um, example of that. The money that uh, McDonald's or its value, its net worth is really based off the fact that it owns all the land that the McDonald's uh, franchises um, stand on. You know, that that's right on point because the the uh, Ray Kroc, I mean, whatever that guy was, he said that we are a real estate company. You know what I'm saying? We are a real estate company. But our last real quick point, Leslie, is debt good? Debt's only good if it's um, being being leveraged for property or... Right on point. Right on point. (laughs) So... Right on, how you know that? Let's not know you know that much shit. That's exactly where I was uh, going. Right, debt is good in a lot of ways. If it's like, like she said, if it's used, and it's, uh, it's uh, so people. Because like I said, all of this fancy stuff that uh, I'm not gonna say it's fancy. It's just more complicated than what than I know. But Leslie is the person who knows who can break this stuff down simple to you, and she's gonna know more. I'm not gonna be able to tell you what a stock is going to do and what it's not going to do. I don't know any more than a three-year-old would know, uh, but the Goldman Sachs dude really isn't going to know any more either. Now, you can, you know, look at these companies. You can look at their financials, you know, but really if you invest in the S&P, like what Warren Buffett says, I mean, you you know, for most people who are not really sophisticated, that's going to be the best way. But you got any closing remarks, Leslie? Um, I hope people take the time. Um, an opportunity to get educated on all, uh, um, what do you call it, uh, ways and manners in, the, in which they can wealth build, whether it's property, whether it's um, stocks, um, whether it's um, business ownership. I encourage all of the above. And network. Talk to people. Just talk to people. Exactly. So we're going to close out the Tony B show. I want to thank Leslie for kicking kicking his knives. We had our little stock versus uh, late night style. Yeah. <laughs> stock versus uh but you know what? When I get when I talk with the real estate people who really know their shit, we always get into these uh debates. But like she said, there's more than one way. You definitely don't want to put all your money in stocks. And I think what Leslie is saying, like I'm saying that you have a you should have a diversified portfolio. This stuff went so quickly, our conversation, because it was supposed to be a lot shorter. We're going to have to bring on some other people and get more in debt into this. But please use Leslie. She, she gave out her number and stuff like that. Leslie is very, I mean, you. I mean, I don't have to tell you. She just kicked the knowledge for you. But uh, all right, thanks for tuning in to the Tony B Show. Peace.